we're going to have a really interesting discussion. Came across this story that uh, is really kind of interesting because we've talked a lot about how disastrous this growing season has been for prairie farmers, largely because of the heat and the drought, right? And we know that it's been really hard for a lot of them. But there is some work that's being done on some farms across the prairies to try and get ahead of this. Uh, they're planting in different ways. They're managing their crops in different ways. All kinds of things happening uh, to deal with the changing conditions and drought-like conditions. And this year was a perfect experiment and an example for them to say, you know what, some of this stuff worked really, really well. So we're going to take a look at some of the things that were done. We're going to chat with Dr. Yvonne Lolly, who is a professor in the Department of Plant Science at the University of Manitoba. Uh, Dr. Lolly, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, just taking a look at some of the things that were done here. First of all, these kinds of projects, are are they happening, you know, more often? Is this something that more producers are taking a look at, or is this still being done sort of on an academic experimental level? It's moved well beyond the experimental level, and I would say a lot of the innovation in Western Canada is being led by farmers, which makes it a really exciting topic for research um, with cover crops. And this year in particular, I guess, you know, unfortunately for a lot of producers, but um, for, for the work that's being done and, and the new things that are being tried, uh, gave you a perfect test pattern to sort of see how this works. And it worked quite well in a lot of areas, right? I mean, this year, 2020, even 2019, to a certain extent, have been a real stress test in terms of how resilient our cropping systems are for moisture stress and extreme weather across the prairies. Um, And in those two years, 2019 and 2020, um, I happened to be conducting the first survey of farmers who are practicing cover crops uh, and using cover crops in their farms across Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. And uh, in our, in our 2020 survey, we, we, um, we had 280 farms that responded to the survey who grew over a hundred thousand acres of cover crops. Now, I would still characterize these farmers as being early adopters. This is not a practice that you're right. going to see across the whole prairies right now. But, you know, these are really critical years. And that's why, as a researcher, it's really excited to be um, partnering with farmers and research because I think this is, you know, sort of that incubator phase. How does this practice fit in Western Canada? Um, how do we adapt the way that people are using cover crops in other regions to what we need to do with them or how can we use them on the prairies. Yeah, and uh, and based on what we're seeing, it looks like it might be adopted by more people. Let's explain this to our listeners. Cover crops, when we're talking about that, um, essentially it's incorporating other plant life into the crop to help the crop itself. Explain it to me. Yeah, I know it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting idea. Not a new idea. Cover crops have been around for for centuries, but the way we're using them now is different. And one of the things that I find really interesting about cover crops is we're taking plants, and instead of using them to, you know, make food or grow feed for livestock, we're actually using them as a tool to manage soils or other environmental impacts that were, were that involve soil and plants and agriculture. So as an example, you know, um, you may grow a crop of wheat, mm-hmm. and then at the end of that wheat crop, you can plant in a very short window, especially on the prairies, another uh, plant. So it will be growing in the fall or in the very early springtime before that cash crop um, is growing in a field. And the idea is that these plants are you know, energy collectors. The only way that we move energy 
into plant and soil systems is through capturing energy through the sun. And so these plants, their purpose um, for that short window is to capture that solar radiation and funnel it into the ground. And those roots can also help improve soil, help infiltration, help build soil carbon. And under drought conditions, you know, those kinds of investments are what can make a difference, certainly um, as you accumulate those benefits over time to make cropping systems more resilient. And and you're very selective in the different kinds of plants that you use, right? Because based on how their roots form or how deep they go, I mean, they, they all provide a certain different niche component, I guess, right? That's right. And, um, you know, as a researcher, that's another reason why I'm interested in working with cover crops, because it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of recipe for how a farmer is going to use cover crops. And that's also why I wanted to do this survey in 2019 and 2020, because there are so many different ways that cover crops can be used. We wanted to see what some of those trends and patterns were for for prairie farmers. So um, there's very much, as in life, we need to know what our goals are, and we need to think about how we're going to reach those goals. And those are some of the new skills that a lot of these innovative farmers who are early adopters of cover crops are thinking about. And one of their most important goals is building soil health, yep. increasing soil carbon, and managing water on the prairies. Yeah, and, and cover crops is one way that they're doing it, but there's a bunch, right? They're like, there's a lot of other new initiatives that are being brought in, in some cases, very old initiatives being reintroduced um, or brought in from other parts of the world to try and adapt to this. So it's not just cover crops. That's right. I think that cover crops themselves aren't the destination. Cover crops are a tool to help us go somewhere. And we have these other tools that we've been working with for a long time, like reducing tillage or doing no-till. And cover crops, I think, are another layer on pushing soil quality in these no-till systems. Same thing on integrating crops and livestock together. And that's probably one of the places where we see the most synergies right now with cover crops, and that certainly comes out in our survey where um, we have sort of these two different groups, um, livestock producers that are actually dedicating a full year of production. Like, so instead of growing a crop, they're actually growing um, what I call a full-season cover crop. There are different names for, for what we call these crops, but essentially an annual forage crop. But that crop has sort of a dual job. I mean, it's going to be fed to livestock, probably later in the fall when, you know, there isn't as much forage uh, or high-quality forage around. But it also does double duty um, to meet the goals that farmers have for soil management. And so we see cover crops being put into best soils to try and improve them, but also into some of the soils that are really challenging to manage as a way of, of improving and building the health of those soils over time. Really interesting stuff. Doc, I appreciate your time today. You're welcome. Great to talk to you about it. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, A bunch of you yelling on the text line, what are cover crops? Tell us some of the cover crops. What are these cover crops? Okay, I can do that. I have the story in front of me here. Uh, This one farmer who did this with great success, um, it's a CBC story if you want to read it. Uh, Just put in cover crops, it'll probably come up. But he planted a mixture of cereals, pulse crops, peas, collard greens, clovers, and also turnips. Right, So it's all over the place, all kinds of different crops. Um, And the reason is cereals grow shallow roots that absorb water quickly. 
Turnips grow deep tap roots that can harness subsoil water, even in relatively dry conditions. So together, those plants help the soil retain more water when it rains so that less is lost through runoff. So there's a whole combination. It's a recipe that they put together that sort of, um, you know, taps the most moisture as they can possibly get through different kinds of plant life. And then, of course, he says his, his organic uh, component of his soil has doubled uh, because of these other crops. So it, it's pretty interesting.